Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 252 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we begin a new week of Come Follow Me study. Uh, We are starting the September 7th to September 13th section covering 3rd Nephi chapters 1 to 7, lift up your head and be of good cheer. And today we're going to begin at the start, uh, where is usually a good place to start, which is 3rd Nephi chapter 1 verses 4 to 21, and also chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. Um, This is titled, The Lord Will Fulfill All His Words. And this is quite a a relevant uh, section for me at this time. There's been a few things that uh, I've, I've desired to have and or to do, uh, you know, things including work and, um, you know, promotions and things like that. And um, sometimes things are not fulfilled in the timing that we want. Uh, and yet uh, we know that the Lord will fulfill all his words. Before we dive into the verses, uh, let's have a, a, a thought about um, this. Now, I, I was, I think I'm writing saying this uh, in the second Nephi that we meet in the Book of Mormon. Um the Nephi who was given the sealing power, who prayed on his garden tower, who was present at Samuel the Lamanite's discourse, or at least in the land at that time. Uh, well, he now, in verse 3, we read this. Then he departed out of the land, and whither he went, no man knoweth. And his son Nephi did keep the records in his stead, yea, the record of his people. Now, I think I'm right in saying that this son Nephi is the third Nephi that we meet in the Book of Mormon, which is helpful considering that we read of him beginning his stewardship of the records in third Nephi. But of course, the second Nephi isn't in second Nephi. That second Nephi is the second book of the first Nephi. It is all very confusing with these with these names that seem to repeat. Um, and of course, we know that Nephi, the third, is the son of Nephi, the second, who's the son of Helaman, the second, who's the son of Helaman, the first. Who's the son of Alma the second? Who's the son of Alma the first? It is very um, complex uh, when you sit and try and figure this all out. But yeah, we now have his son in, in charge of the records. Uh, Sidney B. Sperry said, quote, What happened to Nephi? Was he slain under mysterious circumstances and his body ne- never recovered? Or was he translated? We are not specifically told, but one gets the distinct impression that some great spiritual incident lies in, behind the disappearance of Nephi, close quote. We are not told specifically. We may presume that he is translated, but we uh, we are not certain. So it comes to pass that uh, those five years have passed, five years being a significant time uh, from what Samuel Lamanite said. And the time comes where there's, there's going, to, going to be this night where there is a day, um, a light of day and no night. Uh, and... In verse 8, it says, But behold, they did watch steadfastly for that day, and that night and that day, which should be as one day, as if there were no night, that they might know that their faith had not been in vain. You know, sometimes I think that um, we just have to have our faith in, in in the trust of the Lord, that he is going to fulfill his words. I think that we, we can have his trust that his words will be fulfilled, but sometimes we struggle with his timing. Now, of course, these, these Nephites were given a specific time frame by Samuel the Lamanites, five years. Of course, they would have, they, maybe they presumed that it would be on the same day that Samuel said, but of course, he never said that. Uh, and so he, they had to have trust in that. But we, of course, live in a time where we are looking forward to the second coming of the Saviour. 
we have not given, been given a specific time frame or so we we kind of have to live even more on this faith um but you know i think that we sometimes struggle with the lord's timing like i say we are very uh, I, I listened to a podcast too which said this and i quite liked it um they said that we are more than willing to do what you know to say thy will be done but uh, we're probably less willing and need to come to terms more with thy timing be done when we're praying about something and we're searching and fasting for it and that thing doesn't come straight away do we go give up and say well what was the point in all that or do we continually pray and have trust that the lord will answer uh, those prayers i think that you know we need to understand that the lord's time frame is not ours and no matter if there may be something that we desire to do or we wish to do and then that time comes and passes and we don't get to do it. You know, the Lord's time frame is in place. And uh, we may be, you know, um, restricted by clocks and watches and calendars, but he is not. Uh, and we need to recognize that there is an eternal timeline to these things. And we do not see the uh, the end from the beginning. Um, and he sees everything and he's aware of everything and every one and every need that there is. Uh, and so let's have a little trust in that <laughs> rather than, railing against him and saying, well, why is it not happening this time? Or why have I not been able to do this yet? Why has that promotion not come up, not, not come to, happened at work? Or, I, you know, I want it because I can support my family better, but perhaps, you know, that is not the right time for that. And there is always reasons for things. And it's often when we look back um, that, at these times and things that we recognize the reasons why. I've mentioned before, I think, the fact that I wanted to teach at the MTC and it didn't, it didn't happen. And I was, you know, for a few days just wondering, you know, why have I not been allowed to do that? I really wanted it. I felt prepared for it. I was ready for it. Why not? And then, um, a week later we found out that my wife was pregnant and, um, she was very ill with the pregnancy for quite a long time. And it just wouldn't have worked having that, that job role. I would have probably have had to have left it so I can give her more support with my full-time studies as well. Uh, and so it's, um, there's always, and that's just one incident. There are many incidents in my life, and I'm sure in your lives, where you've seen that the timing of the Lord is key. Um, and this is the same in this case. It was clear, it's clear here that there wasn't a clear, distinct date that um, the, the sign should be given. Um, they were just looking for that day. And how appropriate and how relevant is that to our day as we're looking for the second coming? In verse 9, it says, Now it came to pass that there was a day set apart by the unbelievers that all those who believed in those traditions should be put to death, except the sign should come to pass, which had been given by Samuel the Lamanite. We don't know what this day was. We don't know how it relates to the day that Samuel prophesied. We also don't know what... I mean, we're given a distinct impression that um, it was very close to the day that those unbelievers set um that nephi then says his prayer but i just want to pause about on the you know the intent that these non-believers had to kill all those believers i mean why kill them if they're living their lives and believing in something that's going to happen why not just leave them to it joseph fielding mcconkey and robert l millet said this quote here we witness a phenomenon which is repeated ad nauseum in the book of mormon the wicked who refuse to believe dare not allow others to believe there is no room in their tightly controlled epistemological epistemological system for faith or spirit or revelation or hope they do not know so they conclude that no one else knows they cannot feel so they dare not allow others to feel in this case they shun the light of evidence that comes from god and refuse others the right to wait patiently on the lord for the signs to be given close quote 
And I do find that interesting that, you know, there, there does seem to be this, this issue with non-believers in the Book of Mormon and in other scriptures, to be fair, about when others believe in something, why they can't just let them alone and believe them. They have to, you know, uh, as, as, as low as an impact as, as tease or mock them, right up to they have to remove that belief and kill the believers. Uh, I think that um, it is an interesting phenomenon which is uh, mentioned um, but one which, you know, we need to be aware of in our day and be careful of. So, of course, Nephi prays, and it says that uh, he prays for the, for the people who are about to be destroyed because of their faith. Now, again, this suggests to us that maybe this was on the day or, you know, just before the day that the non-believers had set aside. Perhaps it was it was just very close. We don't know exactly uh, if it was um, the day before, as it were, but... Uh, we, we get a feeling that there was urgency in this prayer, that it was coming close. And in verse 13, Nephi receives this beautiful answer. And you can imagine just how glorious this was. Lift up your head and be of good cheer, for behold, the time is at hand. And on this night shall the sign be given. And on the morrow come I into the world to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouth of my holy prophets. How beautiful this response must have been. How wonderful this news must have been for Nephi. Aldaditra uh, Fugdorf said this, quote, Sometimes we become impatient with where we are in our journey, don't we? If you are 12 years old, you might wish you were 14. At 14, you might wish you were 18. And at 18, occasionally, you might even wish you were 12 again and could start all over. There will always be things to complain about, things that don't seem to go quite right. You can spend your days feeling sad, alone, misunderstood, or unwanted. But that isn't the journey you have hoped for. It's not the journey Heavenly Father sent you to take. Remember, you are truly a daughter and son of God. With this in mind, I invite you to walk confidently and joyfully. Yes, the road has bumps and detours and even some hazards, but don't focus on them. Look for the happiness your Father in Heaven has prepared for you in every step of your journey. Happiness is the destination, but is also the path. Close quote. And again, like I said, we need to not we need to have more trust in the Lord's timing that He will provide the way for us and the opportunities for us that we desire in, in righteousness and faith but they will only come in his time and in his way. Thank you for listening today. Uh, we'll have to continue this tomorrow. I appreciate, appreciate you listening. Please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with, uh, with Come Follow Me if you're interested in sharing what you've been studying. And you can email session at gmail.com as well if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.